I feel like no one gave me a straight answer when I was young as to whether or not you should be smelling petrol. Not that I smelled petrol when I was younger a lot, but you know, it's like one of those things that like there was always these smells that would come up in, in your daily life where you'd be like, oh, like I fucking love the smell of glue or, you know, again, I didn't sniff glue. I know. Not sure how this makes me look at this point. But no, there was definitely smells that you would identify as like, oh, that is a totally unique smell in a you know collection of smells and yeah i enjoy smelling it and like diesel was one of those things and i think it's not even the fact that you like the smell of diesel it's the like memory and smell association and for me you would smell diesel while i was well i would smell diesel when i was sitting in the work ute of you know whatever ute mum or dad had because we you know they worked for a company that always supplied work vehicles for them and for me, it was waiting for, you know, for dad or mum to fill up the car and go into the servo and pay for the fuel and come back out. And so it was that whole kind of, you know, just dead moment of your day when you're a kid back before technology and phones or even leaving the fucking car on so you can listen to the radio. And being that young, that even if they left the radio on, it, you, like, what the fuck are you listening to? You know what I mean? It's just something more than nothing, you know? But hey, it's all part of the process, isn't it? But I definitely, oh, motherfucker, it's got water in it. I definitely think I set the podcast up ages ago and then I called mum because she called me this morning and obviously do the right thing and call her back. But I went to do it half a dozen times during the day. What do you know? Things came up and that's, that's, I'll be honest, like that's kind of where the fuck I'm at with uh, life in general at the moment. I'm 24 hours behind at all times, you know, like I didn't really have an hour off over here. Let me just start from the start welcome ladies and gentlemen to podcast number 88 the black ink podcast i'm your host as always jake kerr i'd like to thank you for joining me and just recently it has been constantly like not even not even like a, a consistent sort of head fuck when it comes to like new jobs coming in and i don't know i think i'm probably just in a i feel like i've been in a constant process of having to like realize what's happening as it's happening and kind of look for the patterns and regularities in it and then start to plan and like program myself so I can like, you know, negotiate the future as it comes. Cause I'm really just like staring at the sun, chewing on glass, trying to know which direction to take black ink. You know, you have, it's one of those things where like I try and obviously like my clients who pay me money to, to, you know, make their brand look as good as possible. I have to give them real focused attention. Like, you know, when you're doing a job and you can just do a job or you actually like think about what you're doing and do it. Like for me to remain valuable to them, I have to make their business seem, well not seem like, I have to add as much value to their business as I possibly can because that's only really adding stock to my own portfolio, you know? So if I can say in a year's time, oh, this business went from this to this on their socials or on their merch or whatever it might be, being you know, being able to directly trace that back to, well, I instigated or I managed or I oversaw all of those movements. So that's kind of my baby and my work. So trying to incorporate, you know, giving them an appropriate amount of attention. And, you know, sometimes that's, so far it's been up to three clients at once where I've had to, you know, like really spend, you know, break up time parts of each day and go like, right, I have an hour set aside just for this every day this week for this client. And then that repeating itself twice again so but at the moment I've only got one client which is which I treat like that so it's it's good and then at the same time I'm trying to uh, build a brand which is kind of what everybody sees the face which is the podcast the post on Instagram the making sure that things are actually happening behind the scenes and I'm capturing that and bringing it to light and you know communicating with people that that's happening but then also I'm trying to uh, identify systems within my business that I can uh, capitalize on in an exponential manner because you can imagine with some simple maths along with me right now there's not that much like opportunity in selling t-shirts and look I can argue the both uh, like either side of any any point you want to make so yeah let's play devil's advocate and say yeah if you just focus on building a really good brand um, you can get to a point where you know you turn into a street X or a supreme or you know, Billabong, whatever you want to say, where you've got shirts in heaps of different places, people are paying top dollar for it. They're not even paying for the quality, they're paying for the name, just the fact that it's got your name on it. And if you create an, enough exclusivity and value in your business, that's definitely an attainable goal. But you're not gonna do it in 10 minutes. Like that's definitely not gonna happen in 10 minutes. 
and 10 minutes in fashion, in business, in all of this that I'm in the middle of, 10 minutes is like fucking five years. So to think that I could build that much kind of reputation and steeze in a business when it's a one man army and I'm doing things as comfortably and as organic as I can. And by that, I, I think they call it um, bootstrapping where you're literally only doing what you can afford to do at that time. Like if you gave me $50,000, I can definitely go and spend it in the direction that I think it would be correct. But I'm trying to just manage the problems that I've got to manage at the moment and not kind of bite off more than I can chew. So a really easy metaphor that I like to make is, well, it's not even a metaphor, it's exactly what it is. Right now, I'm dealing with $1,000 problems. So this time last year, I was dealing with $50 problems. And by that, I mean, I would order, you know, I would create a shirt, I would sell it online, someone would buy it, and then I would, you know, have to spend $50 on getting that shirt made so I could sell it to them for 60, right? So then that went to, you know, the customers end up spending more money or you get more customers on one day. That, that number grows and like with each week, it kind of increases by a certain little percentage. And after a year of doing this, my business is down a situation where I'm dealing with $1,000 to $5,000 problems. And that doesn't directly translate to selling individual tees, obviously. That was just for the sake of the kind of situation I was making. Now, obviously, I'm dealing with these outside clients who get me to manage their social media. They get me to put together merch bundles and t-shirt packages and, you know, building apparel for them and helping them with, uh, you know, digital stuff like graphic design and creating digital assets in general. And... I don't really wanna, you know, if I got given $50,000 or if I borrowed $50,000, again, that number is just a round number I'm using for the sake of the situation. I can go and spend that how I think I would spend $50,000 right now. You know, you know, this is the smartest version of me that I've ever dealt with. So I feel like I'm capable of making a $50,000 decision. The problem is, let's just go in two parallel universes right now. One of them, I stick to what I'm doing now, and in a year's time, I'm making $50,000 decisions because that's where my business grew to. Or this other parallel universe where we are taking that $50,000 now, we're spending on what we think, and you know we, we have a path, right? We don't really know whether it's good or bad because that's the thing with life. You, you, know, you don't have like a, com a comparative universe to say, oh, if I hadn't made that decision, I would have known. But we have a path, right? Now, I'm guessing that if those, you know, in a year's time, those two perspectives got to look at one another, I'm pretty sure the one who got there organically would have the smug look on his face because he didn't bite off more than he can chew. He didn't make mistakes that were 10x the amount he had to lose. He made mistakes that were appropriate to the amount of money that he was spending at the time. So right now, if I get myself into a deal, and let's say it's a $5,000 deal, scary, super scary for me to take $5,000 of someone's money to you know, put together whatever it might be for them. That's a scary thing. But if I fuck up, and I mean fuck up, there is no retribution to be had, and I have to pay back that $5,000, well, that's not as scary as 50. Because right now, $5,000 might be my entire value, but when it comes down to it, like $5,000 is still within reach to me. It's still something that it's like, okay, $5,000, it's not that bad, I could probably sell a motorbike, do something there, you know what I mean? I can fucking go and get a job if I have to. If I'm $50,000 out, uh, $50, out of pocket, well, none of this shit matters anymore. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're willing to take even more risk and go even further into the unknown of like, okay, let's get a $100,000 loan and pay this 50 back and try it a different way. We know what we learned this time, we're gonna do a different next time. For me, it's like, okay, it's already a pretty risky decision, decision making a, a 10X decision. Why, not, why don't we just cut our losses and throw everything in and go get a normal job, pay all this shit back within a year and then start from zero whether I want to keep working for someone else or start business again. So as far as I'm concerned, sticking with $1,000 problems, you know, one to $5,000 problems, I'm, def I'm fine with that. You know, I'm fine not getting outside capital and, you know, even though I some days like to when things don't work how you want them to work or you're missing one piece of gear and a collection of gear, whatever it might be. But... The thing that I really kind of just let myself do at the moment is try and be as like absorbive, if, that, if that's a word I'm going for, kind of porous to all of these situations. So a couple of things that I've had happen in the past week, uh, one of them that I'm really kind of proud of was I had this problem arise where a customer had bought a whole heap of shirts to, um, to like create merch for their business in the future. And they'd used half of these shirts and they had the other half left over. And 
these shirts I don't usually use. So it's not like I can just, you know, use these shirts to print on and it's all good. Anyway, he called me up and he said, look, I, I don't fuck with these shirts anymore. You know, I want to use the shirts that you use, you know, and by the way, that's what I suggested from the start. It's all good. Your boy's just been in the business for a minute, right? So I had these shirts that essentially he didn't want and I couldn't use. It's like, fuck, weird amount of shirts, 30 of them, you know? So I'm like, it's all good. Leave it with me. I thought about it. I remembered a previous uh, customer that I had that actually used these exact shirts in white and black. I'm like, no way, this is lining up too well. So I go and dig through the fucking archives and I realize that I've still got a few of their transfers as well. So I call up that customer and say, hey, what's the chance that you need 30 shirts from small all the way through to XL in white and black without labels, good to go with your logos on them? He goes, man, couldn't have come at a better time. I said, sweet. I can even do it at a discounted rate because Homeboy only wants a one-for-one one rate on his shirt and he wants a cheaper version of what he's got. So it was a win-win-win. Man, figuring that out and executing that in like two days. So having the conversation with the first customer on the first day, calling the second customer by the end of that first day and being able to already put things into place by the second day as in like, right, pulling those shirts out of my stock, having them, no, sorry, pulling the transfers of the second customer out, getting them ready, having these other shirts prepared, making sure everyone's good for their money, and then as soon as you get the go, being able to produce those shirts on the spot, right? So I had that situation, which is pretty cool. Um, and then obviously, I actually physically released, I made them and packed them and posted them and sent them, sent them to people and hand-delivered them to their house and delivered them on the Harley and rah, rah, rah. The fuck everything tee, which is what I am wearing right now. Now, am I so over the top fucking proud of this tee? I sure am. I think I may have worn it on the last episode, so if I fuck this up, I'm... No, I can't have, because I got all the stuff just recently to make it. No, this is definitely the first time you're seeing this tee, which... How cool is it? Look at that. You're telling me you're not getting pussy in that? You're fucking kidding me. So, in this past week obviously putting all these shirts together. Now, this is the first shirt that I've actually produced for black ink within my range that I've done wholly and solely with the heat press. Because as I keep kind of dancing around the fact, I do like what I can do with the time I've got and the equipment that I've got. And I just haven't had a situation where I've had a design that's been properly applicable to use uh, uh, with the heat transfer, with the um, heat press. And then on top of that, like the ones that I have had, I've used my screen printer because the screen printer, like as far as like equipment goes, the screen printer came before the heat press. So I know logically talking about it right now, you go, we'll just use the best piece of equipment for the job. But when you're fucking 29 and you're in this printing business that you never thought you were gonna be in, like this time three months ago, none of us knew that I was gonna be a fucking printer, okay? So I've just been like, yeah, let's use a screen printer, let's use a screen printer. And that's what I did over and over and over again. And I got kind of good at the screen printer. And then the other day, I apply this on the front and I apply those big ass transfers on the back. And I realized, what the fuck am I doing with a screen printer? Right? What am I doing? It's crazy. It's so time and skill uh, rich that I realized I kind of have to make black ink purely about delivering screen printed tees to justify this piece of equipment at all. So as this idea started mulling over, I thought to myself, well, let's pretend I'm gonna do everything with the heat press. What does that look like? Can I do it? Is it achievable? Do the designs even, are they compatible? So I tested every single one of my designs and using rough numbers, about 70% of my range can be produced with a heat press. And the other 30%, the remainder, is all stuff that's so big that you can't do it with a screen printer either. And it also has too many colors. Which means that I can produce all of my own garments and I can also produce all of the garments that I've produced for outside clients that have either been made with the heat press or with the screen printer. I can do all of those with the heat press. So to justify keeping the screen printer, I would ha either have to like find a very specific use for it get good at it, but also like keeping in mind, remember how I was talking to you about situations within my business that I can expand on exponentially? That screen printer is only as good as my ability to use it. 
because then if I have to teach someone else how to use that screen printer and then bring them in as staff, it's still time rich and the, the chance of fuck up is still so high and the amount of time it takes to get good is so high considering I can take you who's listening to this podcast, stand you in front of my heat press and teach you how to use it, right? Just like that, 10 minutes later, you're pressing tees, right? So there's no setup, there's no pack up, there's no training and there's no... Like the likelihood of fuck up goes so further down when you're using a heat press because you're not dealing with human error. You're not dealing with like temperature sensitive environments. You're not dealing with, you know, some of these, some of the equipment that I use is over 20 years old. So it's just a case of like the sensible move for me at this point is to actually start using the heat press for everything and to sadly get rid of the screen printer. Now, of course, when I put on my millionaire hat, and I ask myself, is this the best decision to make? Uh, I don't even think about it. It's already made and I've already moved forward and I've sold it and I, you know, what I, even what the money brings into me, it's not like I need the money, so that's not important, but just justifying how much money it's gonna cost to get into being able to do that. And when I say that, I mean producing all of my garments through a heat press. The entry cost into that is a fraction of what I could potentially get for all of my screen printing gear on the lower end, right? So let's talk about my screen printing gear. I've got a screen printer. I've got approximately probably 50 inks that have gone dry that can be reactivated. I've then got another a good, probably 10 liters of black ink that's good to go, about another five liters of white ink. I've got every single piece of equipment under the sun you can imagine. I've also got a tunnel dryer a hobby tunnel dryer that's run off 10 amp instead of 15, which they all are. So I've basically got the perfect setup, obviously for my environment, obviously, but I've got the perfect setup for a home screen printing business. Good to go. You can produce, you, I've even got like, I, I've got like half a dozen brand new screens. I've then got another probably 40 screens that are, they're all straight, good to go, that, you know, washed out. I've even got the washout bay. I've got the exposure light. I've got the dark room red light. I've got all the emulsion. Everything is good to go. So even if I sold it for just what I paid for it, someone will be getting an incredible deal and I would be getting the majority of my fucking studio back because this big ugly bastard that just spins around in a circle has to go in the middle of everything. You can't poke it into a corner because then it, you know, like regardless of where you put it, it still has to spin around. So for me, I'm like, right, let's go up against the wall in the middle. So then you don't have, and realistically, I only don't put it in a corner because as soon as you make a corner unattainable, well, that's where the dog takes the shit that you want to pick up. And you know that that's where the fucking spider webs and all the hair and bullshit catches in the corner. So then it becomes like an eyesore. And then you emotionally feel differently about the area on a subconscious level. And, you know, if you're listening to that and thinking like, oh, well, you took it a bit too far. Well, you just don't fucking know yourself very well, okay? Because that's what happens. So I'm in a position where taking off my millionaire hat and putting on my Jake hat, say like, yeah, let's sell the screen printer. I'm like, oh, no, but... I was, I'm, I'm still excited about buying it. You know what I mean? Like I bought it 10 minutes ago. Remember 10 minutes is five years in a business. I literally bought this like fucking 45 seconds ago. Like this is still, this is still fun and new. You know what I mean? I still wipe it down once, once a week to make sure there's no dust collecting on it, even though it makes no difference to the fucking performance, right? But that's the thing. If you wanna, if you wanna stay how you are forever, then you keep making decisions based on how you feel rather than what needs to happen. And this is one of those things that once I have this out of the way, okay, I've been thinking about it. What I would do, right? For the sake of transparency, let's say I get three and a half thousand dollars for the equipment. It's roughly what I paid for it, okay? You know, plus and minus some here and there, three and a half, four grand. I would love four grand for the equipment because I know that there's heaps more value there. But if someone came along and said, look, Jake, Here's fucking 3,400. I'd say, buy me a pack of cigarettes and get the fuck out of here, okay? Take all the screen printing shit with you. I'll tell you what, I'll deliver it. Two packets of cigarettes, you understand? Don't even smoke cigarettes. It's a principle because you undercut me, but I'll take the deal, right? I'm sure, right, that's what I was gonna do. With that money, say I spend half of it on the transfers and setting up all the stuff I need so that I can execute the, you know, all of my range with the heat press, which obviously just includes a whole heap of setups with my transfer uh, company and uh, 
just ordering, ordering a bunch of everything, which of course is quite costly at the start, but it just means you've got a whole bunch of stuff sitting there ready and waiting, which means you go, hey Jake, can I get an OPT? Say, sweet, I grab your tea out, I grab the transfer out, I put it together, it's yours, good to go. And like a lot of t-shirt brands do, there's namably one up in Perth that everyone knows. And I don't even think it's a secret, I just, that's what they do. But anyway, I would like to change this whole area, which I know uh, a lot of you aren't quite, you're not very familiar with my studio area here. Just to give you an idea, I'm tucked into a corner right now. So this is actually the corner of a room. This room was built onto the back of the house that we rent, right? So this room is, it, you know, some bit like it's been explained as like a sunroom. It's really not a sunroom. Like all of these walls are insulated. The roof is insulated. There's a pot belly stove over here. Obviously, I've got an aircon up here. Um, the bar was built in because essentially this whole room was like a tavern for the bloke who used to live here. So I don't know how many square foot I've got. I mean, you're probably dealing with about a, you know, 15 meter space along the back of the house and then it's built as a triangle off the back of the house. So at the moment it's exposed concrete, it's extremely dusty and I deal with dust constantly. Uh, what I was thinking is if I didn't have this big dirty bloody screen printer, which is situated right behind the camera at the moment, which is between me and the house, obviously, and the, obviously the, the heat tunnel is fucking four meters by one and stands a meter and a half off the ground. It's just a big dirty machine that collects spider webs, but also does a job that no other machine really can. A heat press can, but totally different finish compared to a, a, a heat tunnel, which is just a big kind of belt that has a heat box over the top of it with fans. It just blows like 150, 200 degree heat onto your shirts as it slowly rolls under. If I didn't have any of that, I'd carpet this bitch Right, because the only reason I don't carpet it, like this is the thing, right now, if you know, someone says, oh, you're gonna carpet the floor in a couple of weeks. Well, no, where am I gonna get the money to carpet the floor? That doesn't make any sense, okay? But here's my thinking. I spend some money, I do some sort of collab deal, maybe we do a cool shirt together or something, you know? Someone that I used to have on the coffee van shit, I don't know, maybe Choices Flooring in Bunbury, okay? I do a little deal with them, okay? Because we're boys, we go way back. We go back like six years. Okay, I get some fun, funky, vibrant fucking color, right? Carpeted everywhere. It doesn't even have to be carpet, just something cool, just some flooring, right? Just so we can we can seal everything in. We've got the corrugated iron on the roof. You can't see it at all, you can't. We've got the corrugated iron on the, this is all kind of white wall, and then it comes to about hip height, and then it's corrugated iron again. So it's got a real like bar sort of feel. It's really fun like space in general. So I just want to do something fun with the floor that seals the deal and also just gives me a chance to fucking not deal with dust for a bit. I know a lot of it gets blown into the air conditioner, but the floor is just terrible. You can drag your feet along it and feel the fucking sand coming up out of the concrete. It's not that bad. I'm just dramatic, you know? And then we go down to the fucking Vinnies with a $50 note, right? And we get two couches that don't match each other. Get a coffee table and then get some shit to put around the, the lounges and coffee table, maybe a bean bag as well, maybe some little fucking drawers or something. Dude, I can have my Hot Wheels out, I can brew coffee in here, I can do everything in here. And then, instead of having a screen printer, which looks cool when people come over, because you know, it's equipment, and it's like, oh wow, you know, like you've got shit going on here, don't you? And sure, to cut it all the way down to just having a heat press, and a vital cutter and printer aesthetically doesn't look very cool. But imagine you walk in and there's a fucking burnt orange carpet, right? You walk up to the couch that has obviously had a good million kilometers put on that petrol engine, right? You look at the coffee table, there's a Fixie magazine, there's a Playboy magazine, and there's a fucking Polaroid picture of an unidentifiable female, right? Now, what vibe are you getting compared to walking in? The Polaroid was too far. What vibe are you getting compared to walking in and seeing a screen printer that's not getting used? It looks impressive, sure. No one can really identify what it is unless they know what screen printing is, fine. But compared to being able to sit down on the couch and be comfortable, man, I think it's a totally different vibe. And to be honest with you, I make heaps more money having conversation, having, I make heaps more money having conversations and then I do screen printing t-shirts. So for me, creating an environment where I can invite clients to come and sit with me, you know, talk about black ink, talk about their job, maybe even have a conversation that we record and use for content, whatever it might be, and also somewhere where I can showcase my work 
and you know best represent black ink for people who are coming here i think it's a i think it's a no-brainer i mean obviously right now considering you know i've got a phone bill coming up that i'm like shit you know wouldn't mind uh someone else paying for that only because i had my car shit itself last week so i had to buy a new radiator and when you buy a new radiator you do all the hoses and obviously you need new coolant so that was 420 bucks nice nice number too 420 exactly crazy that happened but had that happen so now to consider putting carpet on the floor it's a bit of like a I, d I don't know, like logically that doesn't make sense. Intuitively though, it feels like the fucking thing to do. And if I can strike it well with a business so that we have a win-win situation, they get a little bit of cross promotion. I mean, shit, this is the thing. If I'm bringing business owners, because that's essentially when I talk about these conversations, that's what I'm talking about. I speak to other people in my position that have particular jobs, whether they be digital or physical, that they can't solve themselves. So they, we have conversations where we figure out how I can solve it for them. now. If I'm having those conversations here, right? And I've got a carpet that stands out like, oh fuck, because if anyone's gonna have that, it's gonna be me anyway. Then you go, anytime someone brings it up, well, you know, if you're gonna get flooring done, you see my boys at Choices Flooring in Bunbury, right? Right? Here's their card. Ching. I'm just saying, could be a win-win for both of us. Maybe do a little video together. Maybe I could eat some food in their store. I don't know, people are fucking weird, right? not Choices Flooring, the audience who asked me. Okay, let's talk about that. People who asked me to do, who, who, like people who send me, okay, uh, wow, people in general, okay? I'm getting so sick of seeing these Instagram accounts that everyone are making that are talking about the business that they're gonna start in six months time and paying for sponsored posts. Like you've got 200 and something followers You've obviously spent $15 on boosting a post. The post is completely non-contextual to the item that you're selling. And on top of that, you don't even have a fucking item that I can buy off you yet. So what are you doing? Like creating the Instagram page is the last step before you launch, right? It's not like you go, oh, I've got an idea. Okay, let's make sure the Instagram fucking tag is available. The handle's available, right? What's my dumb business name? Um, Let's just come up Because I'm drinking Red Bull, let's call it RBTs, okay? And it's a t-shirt business. So, oh, okay, R-B-T-E-E-S. Okay, it's not available, we'll call it something else. Um, go R-Bull Tees, R-Bull Tees. Oh, it's available, okay, yeah, that's what we'll call the business. Okay, I'll create the account now. Jump on Gmail and make a free email address as well, real quick, make sure that's available. Like, that's not the first thing you do. Dude, making the name isn't the first thing you do. Like, I don't understand where these people, and I don't understand where they think this goes and how what they're doing is different to the sea of idiots who are doing the same thing and not doing anything with it. You know, like, people think they have this superpower that other people don't, like, oh yeah, nah, big things are coming, bro. Built different, I'm telling you, this shit's gonna be lit. And then they still don't exist, you know? It's all good. But people, bro, who send me these recommend, not recommendations, like suggestions of things that I should eat next or things that I should print on shirts, it's like people just like, they'll see something and they're like, oh, that look good on a shirt. And then they go, oh, you know what? That guy on Instagram, he does shirts. And then they message me and they go, hey, bro. And you go, yeah, you know what you should do? I'm like, what should I do? You should put this on a shirt. All the fucking time, all the time. Like, and it's not contextual to my business. It's literally just because like, I have something to do with shirts that I'm getting that message. It's so bizarre. It's crazy. Dude, I went on this, I went, man, this is wild. You know, I went on Kerry Park Residence. You know how you get those little suburb resident pages on, on Facebook where it's like, oh, if you're, if you're in the suburb, answer these three questions and we'll put you on the group and everyone can talk about shit that's going on in our suburb. So this lady puts on there like, oh, hey, I'm, um, does anyone know any sticker printers? Because I'm looking at getting some stickers printed because I'm currently going to Vistaprint, but I'd rather get it done uh, cheaper and local. So if there's any sticker printers in Bunbury, can you tag them below? And someone tagged me and I print stickers, you know, like I totally get it. 
Now I read this, I read this and I was like, every sentence is a red flag. So is there any sticker printers in Bunbury? I would like to assume that you've already Googled printing stickers Bunbury, okay? Because before you take anything to a public forum, do your own research, you know? And also, Google is easy. Google is free. Google is in the same device that you're using to type out this big ass paragraph to ask a question you can ask with three words in Google. But what do I know? So, the second red flag was, I already get them done at Vistaprint, which is like the biggest Australian online sticker printer you're gonna get, and you wanna go local and cheaper. Bitch, do you know why online works? It's because it's so much cheaper than everywhere else. Like, do you, uh, like how, because you're not shipping it, you think it's gonna be cheaper? Like, these people have printers that are bigger than your house, and you think I'm gonna print it cheaper because you're getting it locally? But all good. I'm gonna give you the benefit of the doubt, okay? So, I go onto her page. Now, because her page is private, I can only see the post that she's put up on the Kerry Park residence page. That's all good. And then I read some of these posts and I'm like, oh, she thinks Facebook is Google. She asks the resident page everything. Hey, are there any vets in Bunbury? Are there any sensitive vets? Because my dog gets scared. Hey, do you know what? All dogs get scared when they go to the vets. The vets are actually assuming that your dog's not gonna be excited to see them. You know, they're used to, you know, dog's legs shake while you're giving them a treat standing up on that table. They're like, what the fuck is going on? Why is the table green? Like, oh, someone's going to come through with some fucking magical information that's going to be better than, than Google because you asked them. Like, literally, asking Google is more reputable than asking strangers in your neighborhood. You understand that, right? Like, there's a lot of shit on the internet but usually the first three answers of simple questions on Google are fucking bang on, you know? But it's just wild to me that people, like, just continue to do that. They don't, like, they don't ask three dumb questions, get no responses, no likes, nothing. They just get to the fourth question that comes up in their mind, and because someone once somewhere once said, oh, you just chuck it up on the residence page and, you know, everyone's keen to answer your message, they just jump on that bandwagon. They're like, sweet, guess who's answering all my questions? Kerry Park residents. Blows my mind that people live in this. I mean, you have to remember that people's lives are normal to them. That they're actually in a space in their head where they're like, fuck yeah. They're not going like, oh, I'm kicking goals, I'm winning, that life is sick. They're just surviving. They're just going day to day, going off the information that they know, which is only the things they've been exposed to in their life. And humans actually have a really kind of short, medium term memory. And what I mean by that is like, I know in my past, I've come to conclusions and resolutions in my mind about big topics or whatever it might be, and actualized what it means to me and broken it down and kind of filed it away and been like, cool, that's part of my character now. And then two years later, I have a situation that's somewhat similar that, you know, evokes the same emotions and thoughts and leads me down the same path and has me coming to the same conclusion just a lot quicker. And then I go, hang on, I remembered this. I've done this before. I get it. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I actually, I didn't realize this for the first time just then. I just remembered what I already knew in a quicker fashion because I made this path in my mind before. But actually, I haven't been living by this thing that I'm talking about, this truth about life or myself, whatever it might be. I kind of let it slip away. And it's no fault of my own. I'm just busy doing things. You know what I mean? Like I'm learning about screen printers and heat presses and, you know, digital assets, whatever the fuck that means. All right? Of course I forgot that, you know, if you just meditate for 10 minutes a day, you literally, everything changes. You know, if you just read a book for half an hour a day, everything changes. Uh, these are really simple examples. But again, you know, I'll go a month of praying every morning, reading my book for half an hour every morning, meditating for 10 minutes, having my confidence sessions where instilling myself why I'm confident and when, what I'm doing and what my purpose is and what my direction is and how far down the path I've got and what I've got to go. And I feel brilliant every morning and then one morning I stop doing it. And then for three months straight, I haven't read my book. 
And then all of a sudden you read your book and you put it down after half an hour and you're like, oh my God, I didn't care about anything except what I was reading just then. You know, like what the fuck? I forgot that from not doing it. And sometimes it's not even three months. You can forget it after not doing it for a week. This is why you can go hard as fuck in the gym for like three years, have two days off and just never go back. Because like that kind of short to medium term memory, like we're only as good as the shit we know. And, it's, and if it's not a built in hardcore habit, like it can just as easy slip away as the 10 times amount of effort you had to put into to make it a habit to begin with. So when you take that into consideration and you watch people just fucking wander through life, you know, just letting bullshit dribble into their head and out of their mouth, it's fucking heartbreaking actually, heartbreaking. I feel like a lot of it has got to do with that truth is recognized by the corporations and platforms that are trying to attain as much of your attention as possible. And they do that by encouraging the creators that make this content to make it so irresistible and addictive to interpret and to experience that you really, it's not even at that point about the information that you're taking in. It's just about making something so exciting and fun and sexy and beautiful that you don't do anything else. And you subconsciously take in so much that we never took in before. We're never looking at screens, changing the information every second and a half, ever, ever. Never done that before. And now we're taking in, boom, you know, push bike company, girl with her tits out, uh, guy doing a skit on a Harley, push bike company, ad, you know, this, that, the other, X, Y, Z, keeps going. And I do it as a job for fucking three hours a day, right? So I'm taking in a hell of a lot of information, but I justify it because I get paid for it. Most people are just doing this for free because they're addicted, because they're filling in time or because it relaxes them or because they want to catch up with their friends or because they want to feel included and not have FOMO. Like whatever you want to call your addiction, fine, bitch. But you're doing the thing, taking all this information and... Unfortunately, I mean, fortunately, there's some shit that happened to you, you know, two years ago that you're holding on that's falling away organically. But there's also life lessons that you've got in the back of your mind that are slowly, is it a rating? Is that a word? They're, they're just piece by piece. They, they fall apart until you might have the pieces in the back of your mind, but you don't even have the connections to put all those pieces back together again. So it's kind of useless information. You're like, I fucking, I know I felt something about enlightenment or something to do with the sun, I need to do more acid, I forgot, you know, it's because of this, we're taking in so much information, we're overloaded with things that we've got to interpret and feel a certain way about. And then on top of that, just living in society has become so much harder, you know, like everything is backed by a virtue signaling uh, intention most of the time. And if it isn't, then someone interpreting it is going to make some sort of response that's also just a virtual signaling intention. So even just existing, being in public, being on the, being in public online and being in pu public in person and understanding that everything is a statement in today's day and age is also just such an overwhelming thing that, you know, we work with the information that we have, you know, and that, that bitch continues to put up questions on Facebook because it might've rendered her results once before and maybe it makes her feel a little bit more involved or maybe she only follows a couple of groups on Facebook and, you know, she doesn't see a whole heap of information like I do. She checks it every half an hour and the only thing she sees is people putting things up in Kerry Park Residence. So therefore, she thinks that her involvement is on par with what she experiences. But from the outside perspective, when you're just seeing everyone else post and this name continuously posting bullshit, then that person stands out. That's only because you know what you know and she knows what she knows. So, bruh. But going back a couple of conversations. I'm only as good as my ability to do what I can do with black ink while I'm doing it. You know, I, I, you know, if I go right back to the beginning of the conversation, I said black ink has these kind of individual arms that obviously break up into, into their own like, good afternoon, hello, go see her, go on. So I have these individual arms of the business, you know, so there's three or four of them that are all now starting to look really kind of good and profitable and like they have these futures. And like two of them especially have that uh, exponential, uh, exponential potential that I was talking about before. So obviously I give them a lot of attention. And then we come back to the building a brand side of things, which also has a lot of exponential potential in the future. If I do all the groundwork now correctly, 
and then obviously I have my you know social media gig that I'm doing as well it's not like I've got a fucking plan <laughs> I am doing uh, like I'm very reactive in this moment so now that you kind of understand what happened with that little problem that I had last week with the shirts over here and the shirts over there and we fixed two problems at once oh by the way the end of that story was he paid for his shirts once they were made and then I used that money to buy a batch of 30 tees that I normally use for customer number one and they replaced the shirts that I use out of my personal shirts that I use for black ink to you know and obviously they've still got to come in the mail but that's how that all kind of resolved itself now I had plenty of jobs to do on Wednesday Thursday and Friday but that's what I spent a lot of my Wednesday Thursday and Friday doing was making those calls executing those actions that had to be had to be executed and and doing the damn thing. And now everything that was Thursday, Friday turns into Saturday, Sunday, and then that turns into like, my, my day yesterday was absolutely crazy. I had another, I mean, now this, this client is now my, potentially my biggest client that I've had to date, um, if everything kind of goes the way it's looking. But I had them call up and say, hey, this job that we've kind of had been talking about over phone calls and messages, we wanna go ahead, we wanna move on it today, we wanna do this, this, and this. And without saying too much about the job, it's a 200T job with a print on the front and the back. So again, changes the immediate future for Black Ink yet again. Like I kind of had some idea, like obviously coming off the back of the fuck everything tea, the kind of the, the waves are starting to settle a bit for the sake of the narrative, they're sold out. Like I've got the best numbers left, which are one, two, 13 and 20 of 20. Um, I'm not in any rush to sell them. I'd rather sell them as a limited edition collectible from a year ago in a year's time than I would rather push them now. So it doesn't cost me anything. It's not like I'm like, fuck, I'm that money out of pocket. They'll just sit there and if someone orders them, they order them, cool. Um, if you're listening to this and you're like, fuck, I left it to the last minute, I can't believe it. You can literally jump on, jump on my website right now, buy one, send me an email saying, Jake, I want number one of 20 and you will get number one of 20 of the fuck everything tea. So they're definitely still available. But as I say, for the sake of the narrative that's gonna go on my Instagram account, they're sold out. And with the excitement of all of that happening, obviously it's like, okay, let's release another shirt. Let's get in, let's make moves on making samples. Let's uh, make sure we can do it with transfers. Let's you know, get the, that digital artwork ready. Let's speak to the transfer company. Let's get the ball rolling on that. And then you get that phone call from that client saying, let's do 200 shirts now and you're like well now I have to figure out how to do fucking 200 shirts you know like I, I literally know because on Friday I put together that that batch of 30 shirts you know like printed them front and back no sorry they were just fronts and I mean that was a good idea to go like right what this is it's basically 10 times that you know 10 times is 300 but you know for the for the sake of the conversation like what you're doing is okay it'd be like eight point fucking eight point eight five times that okay probably not so 8.3 I went the wrong way hey I don't know just get a calculator it doesn't matter right so as I say like I be as reactive as I can and with that in mind sure if we go back to the $50,000 analogy and go like what would $50,000 do right now well I definitely carpet this area without trying to ask for a deal you know and I'd probably get some I still wouldn't even get new couches. There's something about Vinny's couches, man. I just like it, you know? I like that. I do. This is the thing. Like, people go, oh, you know, what if what if it's gross? Or, you know, it's like, I literally want people to have fucked on this couch before I got it. I want this to be the couch that was in someone's garage that they partied on. You know what I mean? Let's get some cigarette burns in there. Like, that's what the fuck character is. And also, you get a new couch. You don't want to get it dirty. The dog jumps up on there. Of course, the first time she ever pisses in the house is on the new couch. Like, just get a couch that's already fucked. You know what I mean? I feel silly even getting new carpet in here. But, you know, $50,000, let's get a new carpet, right? So, yeah, it's just... It's just an interesting... I'm constantly having this conversation with myself. I'm just in such an interesting place because it seems not so long ago I was driving trucks and then even more recently I was in, living in a caravan and now black ink is just it, it is something completely different to what I thought it had any potential to turn into it's something that is completely uh, up my alley and exciting and like I get pumped to be solving the problems that I'm solving and that's something that I really do like embellish is the fact that like I'm good at problem solving my uh, creative ability is to see situations 
and navigate the solution in my mind and then turn that into actions and then execute those actions. So keeping that in mind and also the fact that I see myself as an apprentice of everything. I see myself as an apprentice of, of being a man, an apprentice of being a businessman, an apprentice of black ink itself, an apprentice of heat pressing. And when you take that, you kind of like just stand back and go, cool, I'm here to learn. I'm not here to tell anyone anything. I'm not here to take control of the situation. I'm just here to be as adaptive and as, um, again, what's that word? Like absorbent as I can of the situation. So instead of trying to take it any one direction, just going like, right, when there's a decision to be made, when we have to solve a problem, let's solve the problem, let's work intuitively, let's figure out exactly what's going on and try not to be emotional about it, solve the problem, move on, and then even once the problem's been solved, being so um, deeply kind of embedded in the reviewing process and keeping in contact with that process to make sure that you're constantly learning like, right, it worked, why did it work? It didn't work, why didn't it work? What could I have done differently? What does a better result look like? What does a worse result look like? So really like letting myself be the guy who doesn't know but is willing to learn and like letting that become my character rather than this kind of, you know, big dick swinging egotistical kind of creature that was left from being an athlete at an early age, I think. And just taking those problems as they come and working towards like, okay, cool. Once we get this $5,000 problem out of the way, let's let's look at a 6,000 or a $7,000 problem and just like appropriately progressing and letting myself just be a part of that process, you know? So it's fun. I'm having fun. As far as the weekly update for Black Ink goes, you can tick the having fun box on your bingo card because your boy's having fun. I've got a new shirt just on the horizon. Uh, I've already done it once before, so we, it's kind of been exposed before. I had a huge response and people saying like, that's just a cool, simple shirt that's not over the top like everything seems to be with black ink. It's just like a nice shirt, I could wear it wherever. I really like it. So it's something I've kind of been sitting on for a little while. I'm gonna be doing an early bird release and I'm gonna, I'm gonna let these early birds get this shirt fucking cheap. Cheap, cheap, cheap. Like I'm thinking 25 bucks. So it's gonna be a black shirt, nice, cool, simple, small logo on the front, something you've already seen before and just a fucking color so keep that in mind if you want to cop a, a cool cheap black ink tea there's going to be early bird uh special release on that with a very special price so keep your eyes peeled for that i think these these incense must last like 45 to 55 minutes hey because i always notice if i started at the beginning of the podcast it's always just about out by the time i'm done and then when i like play it fast when i'm editing the podcast you always see the incense go it's cool So I'd also like to report on what hasn't officially happened yet, but all the kind of groundwork has been done for it. NFT number two antenatal has been sold. We're just waiting for the actual financial transaction to happen, which the only reason that this thing hasn't sold is because the difficulty of uh, kind of the first steps of using cryptocurrency if you haven't used it before. Now this particular customer who was asking to remain anonymous uh, has, used cryptocurrency before but unfortunately was locked out of their wallet so we had to make a new wallet on metamask which is the preferred wallet holder um, of any transactions for OpenSea, which is on the ethereum network um he had to create a new account and we're just waiting to get money into the account and then using that uh ethereum to purchase the nft itself but we'll probably find by the time this is released that has all gone through because it's a very recent uh situation that's just happened so hopefully by release that NFT will be officially sold, which means I've sold the first NFT for roughly 100 Australian dollars. The second NFT sold for a thousand Australian dollars, um, which is I think 0.3485 Ethereum at the moment. Uh, I listed it yesterday, so I'm very uh, aware of the price that it is. But that particular NFT comes with the uh, one of every T that I released this year deal. So they got one of the field tees, one of the Valentine's Day tees, one of the fuck everything tees, and the new to be released here, they also get that, and they have elected to get 420 of each of them. So you know they all have the unique identification. This one doesn't have it, I haven't put it on, oh, maybe this is one of 20. The identification tag that goes here and will say like one of 22 of 20, 
this person has elected to get uh, four of 20 in each of his T's. So he's gonna have the complete 420 range out of the 2022 collection. Also, just before I sign off, I've actually done a little bit of uh, a bit of a makeover for the website recently. I've restructured all of my collections just so you can a bit easily uh, locate the one that you're looking for, whichever particular product or collection that you're after. I have categorized them into the years of everything that uh, has been released. So there is three categories now on the website. There was all like winter and summer and girls and accessories and all that. So fuck that gay shit. It's three collections. And then on top of that, there's just accessories. So there's four kind of, oh, and stickers, which is, so five. There's five categories. But the three collections, just for the diehard fans, I thought I'd educate you on this. You'll have a look on there. There's research, build, and launch, okay? So research is everything that happened in 2020 and before. Build is everything that happened in 2021. And launch is everything that happened in 2022. The collection for 2023 will be called Orbit. Research, build, launch, orbit. Who knows what 2024 will be, but we are currently in the launch phase of this whole project, I guess you could call it, which is Black Ink. So if you want to jump on the website, have a little bit of a navigator around, you'll be able to see these collections. Obviously the very top product, the very top um, list of products that you're going to see is this year, which is the launch. I'll be putting the pre-sale up for the new shirt up in about two or three days. So that'll start to happen. Um, and then you can go down, you can see the collection of banners, you go even further, you see the build stuff. And the build stuff includes stuff, uh, includes tees like the Break the Law tee, which was that fun blue tee with the, with the cool font on the front and the three pit bulls on the back. We had the Ascension, Ascension tee, which went along with the Sunday sesh we had at Lost Bills, which is about this time last year. So the first property that I brought to production, bringing Black Ink alive again, was the Ascension tea and the release date was Easter Sunday because we had that event down at Lost Bills, which was pretty fun. Even had the signature cocktail. Uh, yeah, what else do we have on there? We had, I think, the oh, the Ghost Gate tea, that's part of that collection as well. So pretty much all those big, fun, vibrant prints are all part of that collection. So jump on there and have a look. I've also put a ladies section in there, which just pulls all of the products that are for the ladies and puts them in one area if you're keen to grab a crop top or something cool. But I'm gonna be doing some more fun items for the ladies this year and especially moving into summer next year. So if you're a black ink girly out there and you're wondering when those products for the ladies are coming out, they're on the way. But as I've mentioned, everything is just so fucking reacting to the situation rather than being able to plan so far in advance. But to be honest with you, I wouldn't have it any other way. Anyway, I would like to thank you for joining me today. I hope this has been an interesting podcast. I'm actually quite proud of myself. I didn't say um or are or swear too much or reference any other podcast, so I'm celebrating in the back of my mind. I hope it was a bloody beaut to listen to, and I hope you're being good to your mother, because I am fucking out. Yeah!